Hello there. Was this another bonus podcast? We're really spoiling you. Believe me, you've got a lot of these coming up uh, on Wednesday. You should be getting uh, me talking to Rebecca Callard at the Great Yorkshire Fringe. And then in August, you're going to get 21 new podcasts uh, from my fringe run of Rahalastapa, Rahalastapa, which uh, is uh, being fi- recorded, not filmed, on audio only, 1.30pm every day at the Newtown Theatre, apart from Monday, 2nd to the 25th of August. Please come along, check the blurb for links, go to richtang.com slash gigs for the ticket link. Uh, please come, we have lots of tickets to sell, and it's just going to be better if there's lots of people there, and there are some fabulous guests, richtang.com slash Rahalastapa slash tour if you want to see the amazing guests we've got including john robbins richard osman lucy beaumont jen brister wow loads of it tommy tin and there's loads of fantastic guests coming up some new acts you won't have heard of who will be worth seeing as well Uh, and you can use it at home for your selecting who you want to see if you are coming up or if they end up on tour so i hope you will enjoy those but this is a very special extra bonus podcast i was at the deer shed theater being interviewed by the wonderful sarah bonetto about my book emergency questions oh my son's turned up a thousand and one hello ernie can you say hello to everyone say hello Uh, So my son Ernie, a thousand and one questions for you to uh, try out on your friends and family. That book is available at gofasterstripe.com. Please go there and buy it. In fact, you can buy all three. Do you want to say hello, Phoebe? You're here as well. I'm looking after the kids on my own at the moment. Shouldn't really be doing this. Say hello, Phoebs. Hey, hey. Yeah, that's that's about the level of enthusiasm we should have for this. Uh, You can buy all three books for just £20. All three emergency questions books that have ever been at gofasterstripe.com. Check for the book bundle deal. Uh, or £12 for the new emergency questions book, and I think the others are £10 each. So you're quite a saving if you buy all three together. GoFasterStripe.com is a great place to buy all your stuff. Uh, and thank you to the Deer Shed Festival for having me. Uh, and uh, this was quite good fun. Now, I should say it was a family audience, so I was under instructions not to swear. Let's see. Shush! Shut up, you idiot! Uh, and uh, let's see how long I lasted with that. Uh, and it was raining quite heavily, and it was in a tent. Uh, the audience isn't mic'd, but I think you can still hear them laughing. It was a very enjoyable time. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy a rehearsal with the guest of Richard Herring. It's a Sarah Bonetto's Dear Fr- Fr- Shed Festival podcast. You can do the uh, acronym yourself at home. Uh, and here's Sarah Bonetto uh, after the music. Thank you very much. Are you ready? Are you comfortable as can be, considering the circumstances? I thought you were. Please welcome to the stage the marvellous Richard Herring. Hello. Is it working? Yes, hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Hello over there. I was just over there watching the scummy mummies. Richard Herring, how is your tent holding up in this rain? Well, I, I have a car. You're sleeping in the car. <laughs> Things are going well. That's Things all are I've going got. Well. I'm, I'm in and out. That's and what out. I've heard. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so, yes, you've gone from hardback to softback. Yep. Um, what's That's what thing? I've heard as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's rude, isn't it? I always think of the um, Simpsons episode where Homer says, that has two meanings. I'm just going to quote The Simpsons. Um, it's fantastic, and it's a celeb-filled, celeb-question-filled book. Yeah, well, it comes out of my podcast, Rahula Stapa. Okay. Thank uh, you. Some cool kids in. Good to see some cool kids at the Deer Shed Festival. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I interview lots of comedians, really, but quite early on, I'm being heckled by heavy rain. I don't know if that's going to pick up on the microphones, but It guys, could be just the applause. So it's just applause coming uh, yeah. from all over the festival. They've heard I'm on. Uh, yeah, so I, was, I, was, I started doing a podcast where I interviewed other comedians, really, but I, you know, sometimes I'd dry up and hadn't done any preparation, couldn't think of any questions. So I started writing stupid questions to keep the conversation going, basically when I flagged, which was quite often, and then they sort of became the most popular bit of the podcast. So, uh, and ended up in a book? Yeah, which... it took me a long time to realise, though. So we, we uh, you know, I did the, I've been doing the podcast for about seven years, and it was about two or three years ago. I thought, oh, maybe I do kind of kickstart campaigns to raise funds to make the podcast. 
I thought, oh, maybe people would be interested in a book of emergency questions. So we printed our own one, and it kind of sold incredibly well. People were very excited about it. And so we did a couple on our own, and then Sphere Publishing, publishers of... Uh, kindly put together this 1,001 questions, which is a few from the other books, and then about 700. It's, it's quite hard. I thought when I did the first one, oh, 500 questions, I've probably got four, three or 400. I had 35 questions. And wow. then I had to sit down and write another 400 questions. It was quite difficult. Who had to go back and listen through all the podcasts and dig them out? Well, the no, questions? I just... I, me, really, but I just tried to remember what I'd asked. So that sure. some, of them became, some of them became staples. Some of them I can't say in front of this wonderful family audience. I guess I could... Start to have, have you ever tried to suck your own thumb? That could, be a, <laughs> that could be a question, which many of us have, right? Or other Probably people's A lot thumbs. of us have tried and succeeded. Uh, and... Uh, and there's, a, there's some sort of surreal ones. An early one was, would you rather have a hand made out of ham or an armpit that dispenses sun cream? What's uh, your answer to that? Well, I, I, I would go for the ham hand. Most people go for the ham hand, but the oh. sun, cream, sun cream armpit, it depends on the fairer skinned people. And people I in the would sun. go for... I'm freckly, so... Yeah, I and would you're go vegetarian as well, so, you know. I am, that is true. But there's, I, there's an argument that it doesn't matter if you're vegetarian because, of course, it's not made out of animal, it's made out of yourself. It just tastes of ham. True. No, no animal true. has died for the production of your ham hand, and has it will it ha- grow back if you eat it. That's has it important. been grafted on? No, it's just it's just your hand will turn into ham and then be, and stay oh, ham for the I remainder see. of your life and grow back if you, you nibble it. You could probably take a, ha- a hand's worth of ham off a pig's back without killing it. Yeah, but it's not... I mean, if you want to make it much more cruel, which seems weird for a vegetarian, <laughs> it's just your hand will turn into ham. That's all, that's okay, all, okay, that's okay, all I'm okay. saying. But if you want to start shaving bits off... I had chicken wings for dinner last night as you were there and I wondered whether they'd just been taken off the chickens. The chickens don't really need them. Well, they did say. They brought out like a sharing platter just yeah. for you and they said, oh, we've accidentally put through the wrong order but you can have them, can have the extra ones for free. What were they going to do? Potentially charge you? Well, I don't know. It was good though. It was a bonus, wasn't it? <laughs> it was I got a, a I got a lot of chicken wings and I thought I'd never eat those but I did. That's and a, you couldn't share them. The joy of chicken wings, I yeah. think. I'm led to believe. Um, I'm interested in the acronym. Can you pronounce it for me? Can you say it again for me, guys? Like, yeah. because that is Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, yeah. if you tour the show to other theatres, does the acronym change? It does now, yeah. So I did it at the Leicester Square Theatre for the, about the first six years, and I'd occasionally do one at festivals and things like that. Uh, so it was Hellestaber except at the McCunther Festival or whatever. And then I'm doing a big, bigger tour this year, and I kind of thought, well, actually, let's take the Leicester Square Theatre out of it. So now it, it stands for different things. Again, I'll have to be careful... Uh, <laughs> about what I do for, in this audience. Uh, I think I did Richard Herring's lobotomizing Shania Twain podcast. So I, I, try, I, try and, <laughs> I try and pretend that the podcast uh, modus operandi has changed and we're doing a different uh, Lark Stretching Time podcast I did recently. Um, oh, light Smelly Farts I did. No, not that smell. You could trumps. replace the Leicester Square Theatre with like, if you, for example, did one at an outdoor pavilion, it would become yeah. the Hrop. Yeah. If you did it in an igloo, it'd be reco- it would become the rip. Yeah. If you did it at the Amsterdam Stadium, it would become the rasp. Yes. <laughs> I could <Acronyms>. do that. <laughs> I guess. Rhythm can probably get in there, and there's a there's a, a nasty one that could we could do as well. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about a couple of the questions here. Yes. Um, have you ever flown a kite, Richard Herring? Yes, I have flown a kite. A lot of the questions I ask because I've done it, and then I then I have uh, an answer. I was obsessed with having a kite as a kid. Uh, I remember I, I got one through Green Shield Stamps. That'll date me. <laughs> a lady be, has just I said, it was oh, even, wow. I think it was even... I don't know if they were called Argos. Green Shield Stamps stops turned into Argos, and then they would, did it through the catalogue. But before that, you could go to an Argos-style shop, might have been called Argos, and exchange your Green Shield Stamps for a kite. And the main thing I remember is I was with my Auntie Jean, and we, she was parked outside the Green Shield Stamp shop, and a policeman stopped to ask her why she was parked there and said, what's your name? And she said it was Jean Pickup, which was her name. Wow. And the policeman refused to believe her and thought she was taking the mickey and nearly arrested her because he, wow. didn't, he didn't believe Pickup would be a surname. Have you got a Pickup? This, uh, yeah. Yeah, likely story. <laughs> uh, Is your name Pickup? Yeah. Do you know Jean? Do you know my auntie Jean? She's still going. She lives in Car- still Carlisle. Still going, I think. is that what we call it? Yeah. She's still going. Still going, just about. She's done well. She was a heavy smoker. She's still going. She's doing well. Good. Good for Jean. Um, Jean so, yeah, so and, I, and I've flown. Uh, I, was, uh, I, I let go of a kite and gave it to my then girlfriend's three year old nephew on the beach. 
and it had to hold because he wanted to hold it and he just let go of it straight away and it flew right over wherever we were in Cornwall and I had to go and recu- find it in the back streets of the, t- the and town. And you went? You bothered? Yeah, I did. I went and got it because I was early in the relationship. I see, yeah. I went to... Uh, the kite getting, I the kite fetching stage. I went to a kite flying kind of festival. It was the same girlfriend. Shall I name drop? It was Julia Sawala, the actress. Oh. Uh, and she got onto a massive sort of stunt fl- kite... And it started taking off and she nearly flew away. She nearly died so many times in her relationship. It's like the story of Up. That's <laughs> like the story of Up. The, uh, someone had to grab her and stop her flying away. It was Jeez such a big uh, stunt kite, which again, I have to be careful saying in front of this. <laughs> in this audience. I've done well so far, haven't I? I haven't said a single... We were a working ad- class Australian family. Yeah. So what I remember from my kite flying days, I thought, oh yeah, such a joyous time. And then I was like, no, think about it, Sarah. I, don't, I didn't realise we were poor. Yeah. I had a great upbringing, a happy childhood. But I do now remember that all my kites were a plastic shopping bra- uh, bag with a bit of string attached, <laughs> yeah. like yum. Well, we did make it. And see, this is why this is an interesting question. It doesn't sound like that promising a question, have you ever flown a kite? Uh, but it, most people will have a story about that, and most people won't have told their story about kites before. So what it's good for comedians, uh, and I think this works in conversation as well, comedians will have lots of stories ready to go, and they've obviously got stories that are routines, and if you, I think if they use that part of their brain, if you go, hey, uh, I've seen you do that routine about buying fried chicken late at night, they'll go into their routine. But if you, they'll still want to entertain, but if you ask them something they haven't got, they haven't got some material about, they'll really rack their brains and think about that material. Yeah. And I think acts as a different part of their brain, and then when you go on to ask them something else, they will, they'll be off script and give you something interesting. And weirdly, and all of this is accidental, I didn't plan anything with the podcast really you end up getting these amazing stories from people that they've never told. Libelous. Well, some libelous. Scandalous. Some, some just things that they wouldn't... And I, there's something that relaxes people about it, and I guess... And, 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 and then it just opens them up to be more honest. But it's partly due to the... I have a fantastic audience for the podcast, and it's always a lovely atmosphere, and I, and I think it does... And, and people feel safe to reveal stuff. But also, you don't really generally get to talk very long in interviews. This is a nice interview where we've got... 45 minutes or an hour or something, but most interviews are 10 minutes or five minutes, so you can't start telling a story because you're worried no, you'll get bites. cut off, you know. So it, it's, it's, it's interesting that it works very well in the podcast, and accidentally I've come up with a good thing that, again, accidentally took me seven years to realise how good a thing it was. Well, it's being used by all sorts of other people. I noticed that someone used your emergency questions book um, in the Himalayas when they were stranded. Yeah, well, again, I was getting emails from people. Again, this, these are the things that sort of tipped me off, but, yeah, someone was, had been in an avalanche in the Himalayas with their friends and were stuck in a tent or, a, or, a, or some kind of little shack or something and thinking they were about to die. They were, they, were, they were days away from rescue. So to help themselves get through that, they started asking each other questions they remembered from my podcast. Oh, and, right. And it takes your mind off <laughs> the, the fact okay. you're... Luckily, they survived, but you know, loads of times, most people have done them and died. Uh, so I, feel like I don't get to hear those ones. I'm going to ask you a question I'm, yeah. I feel like I already know and worry about the answer to, but... If they'd have died, would you have still put this in the book? Well, I wouldn't know, would I? Unless they left uh, a message, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Captain yeah, yeah. Scott. So they left a message saying, Tell Cop- Captain Aaron. Oates left, saying <laughs> he had never had flown a kite, so he left the bivouac and never came back again, and shame. In many ways, I'm that... just going out to fly a kite, oh, maybe sometime. <laughs> oh, shopping bags, amazing. <laughs> um, so happy, so happy about the shopping bags. Um, you, what's this one here? Ah. Oh. Do bears poop in the woods? Yeah, well, that's, you know, those, some of them are questions that people ask. I think some of them, I, I did it in the book, I did different sections. So uh, some of them are suitable for children, though. I, even that, I like to push it a little bit. So some of the children's ones are, uh, are a, a scatological or fart-based, but uh, I think we can get away with that with children. What did your, okay, here we go. Here's, here's something fun. When you were growing up, what did your family call bodily functions like did you have a nickname for farts or were you allowed to say farts see I wasn't allowed to say fart my, da- I, my daughter then. does say fart and my dad gets very upset my, th- my three what, four year old daughter what were you able to say um, I don't know I don't think we even don't ever, say flatulence we weren't even Surely allowed to not. talk about it we weren't allowed to fart uh, and we weren't allowed to discuss what the fart God, was when you finally was moved out of home you must have let sure. off some unearthly fart yeah oh no, no I did fart a lot and I certainly fart now and you don't want to be around when that happens, I can tell you. But uh, it's We called them pop-offs in pop-offs. my family. Oh, I've done a pop-off. I don't know what we did call them. as We called, uh, we called the penis Willy. We was Willies. I called right. them Winkies with my kids. Yep. Um, probably better to use the, the true biological terms. They say terms. that is probably, is. yes. But Turns Winkies out- funnier. And actually, there's a, my daughter watches Cat in the Hat on TV... 
and there's a character that is an anteater or something, I can't remember what it is, that's called Winky. Uh, and every time he comes on, my dog goes, Winky! <laughs> and laughs. So it's better that we called it Winky, just for that beautiful moment of uh, every single time enjoying that. And that's, we had she's pe- a girl pee-wee. after my own heart. What? We had Pee-wee. Pee-wee. And Front. Yeah, Front. Something about Front Bottom. We just say Front. front. Your wow. Front area. We were Catholics. So very vague. Yeah. Just Front. Yeah. Where are your Front? I fell off my bike and hurt my Front. Yeah. I think we, we had knew we what did. it meant. We, 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 we as well. It's a terrible time. It's a long time ago. It's much yep. better now. Um, yeah. You've got some stumpers here as well, as well that will like shut down a conversation. This is interesting. There's, there's four. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really interesting where you want it to end. Um, there's one here that's one word, capital B, that will just stop any conversation. Does anyone in the audience want to have a guess what that is? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a terrible portmanteau that at the time we joked about went, no one's going to call it that. Yes, yes, they are. Um, Though you get a lot of it at Christmas, I think, don't you? That's the thing with Christmas. It's that when Christmas dinner turns, and it's been so many years of Christmas dinner turning to Brexit with yep. the with a relative who disagrees with you, what you think, perhaps. Is there any silver lining to Brexit? To Brexit. Um, well, it'll, yeah, it'll rid us of the week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, how good is Great British Bake Off going to be post-food ration? <laughs> That's a challenge. How many things can you do with leaks? Yeah, I'm very confident in Boris Johnson. He seems to know what he's doing, and uh, <laughs> I think we just believe in enough. That's just carbon dated this yeah. podcast. <laughs> right now, as we speak, Boris Johnson is leader. Ooh, felt sick. <laughs> just saying that. Um, right now, he's only prime minister. That is, in fact, going to carbon date it. In a few years' time, he'll be president and divine ruler. <laughs> the Sun King. Uh, I mean, the Sun King. Well, <laughs> according to the Sun, that is true. Um, you have lots of great illustrations. We were talking just before the show about how... Here we go. You pr- many of you probably already have this book, but I'm going to show it around. For those listening at home, it's interspersed with these sort of like black and white hand-drawn squiggles, which I thought were reminiscent of Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, I got Kurt Vonnegut to pop along and draw some illustrations for me. They Came say back that's from behind the gra- beyond the grave. Behind the grave he was, actually. Oh. <laughs> I actually he wasn't heard, dead, just, just had enough. He'd had enough, faked his own death. He wrote a book called A Man With No Country about George W. Bush. Imagine if, uh, and he was so, it's such a depressing book, it was his final book, I think. Imagine if he'd survived to see Donald Trump. I'm glad Kurt Vonnegut's dead, just for that. Out of, out of context, that, that quote's very interesting. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad Vonnegut is dead, dead just, Richard Herring. I don't think he could have coped. He thought George W. Bush was the end. I feel like Imagine. maybe that book killed him, yeah. yeah. Or doing these illustrations for you. Um, magic. So there's a thousand and one there. Yeah. Which one's the best? You have to pick. <laughs> you have to pick. Um, I like. Uh, oh, it is. It's like choosing my favourite child, which is my eldest daughter. It was easy. Uh, is um, it always the first? <laughs> Guys in the audience, is it always the first? Block your kids' ears. Yeah, yeah I thought so. The, I'm an eldest. I knew it. I knew uh, the it. younger ones are really annoying. So I'd like my son, but he's just a dick. Um, <laughs> When he stops being a dick, then I'll start to like him a bit better. Yeah, there's the, there's, the, there's a youngest child just having his head, his hair ruffled there by his mum. So he's like, no, I don't quite like you. I think middle child's the worst, though. Um, they are. The, if there are oh, any of those another in. child having their head ripped. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, um, there's something to love about all the children, the eldest and the others. Yeah. The inferior. Like, no, no, all of them. Um, yep, okay, good. I like uh, uh, the, the, the ones I go back to, are, again, are mainly too rude. There's one about a centipede. Uh, it's a very special kind of centipede. What but, type uh, of centipede is it? <laughs> it's, a, it's, not a, it's not exactly a centipede centipede, let's just say that. If a, if a centipede got human qualities, <laughs> uh, imagine what that would be like. It'd be lovely, all the things they'd eat, it would be... Oh, and then heavens. poop out again. Uh, but uh, there's one. I think the one about. I like the one about the time traveling finger, which comes from someone. Would you rather have um, uh, a nipple that dispenses talcum powder, or a finger that travels through time? And like everyone chooses the finger that can travel through time. But what is a more interesting question is what you would do if you had a finger that could travel through time. So can it, basically, and I had a long discussion with Rebecca Callard yesterday, the actress, about this because she couldn't really understand that you'd still be able to operate your finger, but your finger would be in a different time. It's detached. Yeah, it doesn't, it's still on your hand, it's there, but it would go through a wormhole, and you'd be able to use your feet. You could peek through the wormhole to see where you were, and you could just alter something, you could flick something. Ooh. I mean, they're talking about Sabutio, you could play, you could ruin the Sabutio World Championships. 
You could turn a light off. You could uh, set off a nuclear missile, I guess, if you just did that. If the, uh, or you could... I mean, there's all sorts of things you can do with your finger that now I think about it. But there's... <laughs> poke someone in the eye, you know, that sort of thing. So it's... Yep, yep. Uh, so that's quite an interesting one. A lot of people uh, go back to poking Hitler as if that is a sufficient you know punishment for what he did. He did I feel like nice Hitler's poking. like a wasp in that if you poke him, yeah. you're just aggravating him aggravating yeah. him more. Well, maybe that's what happened. Maybe someone went back and poked Hitler oh, in 1923 and he thought, that's it. I have to apologise. I, I did that. Now I'm, yeah. now I'm really angry. So Richard Herring, yep. uh, question, emergency question number 729. God, do you so have yep. a doppelganger? Do I have a doppelganger? I do have a doppelganger. Well, a lo- I mean, I have a lot of doppelgangers. A lot of people say to me, uh, oh, I saw you in such and such. You go, no, that wasn't me. Someone sent me a photo of someone who was me that I actually looked at a second time about someone who was buying some Kentucky Fried Chicken in Bournemouth or somewhere. And he took a photo and I had to have a look at it a second time to check it wasn't me, even though I knew I hadn't been there. <laughs> Uh, there was another time I wrote, and I used to write for the Metro, and I was writing about people being impolite in restaurants, and someone emailed me and said, oh, that's ironic, after what you were doing in that curry house in East London yesterday. <laughs> and I went, I wasn't doing it, I wasn't in East London. Do you it's the same uh, guy at the KFC in the curry house? There's someone going around being very evil, but I've been mistaken for Charlie Borman, the uh, motorcyclist, Ewan, Ewan McGregor's friend, which I find quite insulting, because he's hideously ugly, and I am very handsome. <laughs> He's also quite a bit taller than I am. But I was actually sitting in London in a bar and someone came up to me and said, well done on the long way round, mate. And I'd never heard of it. I said, what? He said, the long way round? Well done. I said, I don't know what he told me. He said, you know, when you motorcycled round the world with Ewan McGregor. As if I would have forgotten. Oh, yeah. I'm a you busy know. man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, sorry. I forgot about yeah, that. I, I work do on that many the, projects. do that sort of stuff all the time. So busy. So I have, I have been... I don't know if he gets mistaken for me. I don't know if Charlie Borman's going around various restaurants behaving badly in order to reflect badly yes. on me. Do you think Ewan McGregor meant to book you for that show? I think possibly. The weird thing about uh, Charlie Borman is he is in an advert for a company called Herring Shoes... That make herring, they make shoes and their name's Herring. And I've bought some of their products because it's got Herring written all over them. They do bags and stuff like that. But they chose Charlie Borman to advertise oh, Herring shoes. Man, and he looks like you. So that is that is really screwed me up. They're like, Someone's really Herring? dicking no? with me. No, we want the man that looks a bit like him. <laughs> Maybe they couldn't afford you, Richard. They didn't ask. I'm very cheap. I'd have done it for a pair of shoes. <laughs> I've got a wash bag that's got the her- Herring written on it. It's great. I um. When I was younger, used to get told I look a bit like Dido, which okay. was it came up a lot. And also Valerie Perrine from the 1970s. Yep, that man knows. Um, 1970s Superman films. She was Lex Luthor's girlfriend. Okay. Oh but yes, I think I know you mean. If yeah, you yeah. Google her, oh, someone just. <laughs> yeah. And it is weird. It's a bit like, but you have to look at 1970s her, not now her. I think she's fallen on hard times. Okay. Um, best of luck, Valerie. Can we raise some money? If anyone is listening, donate money to the Kickstarter to save Valerie Perrine. If you're listening, Valerie, I'm very sorry. Um, it's Charlie Borman. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, now you use some of these. You can use some of these on dates. Yep. You have a Pizza Express date technique that I found very interesting. Yeah, this has worked on two occasions. In fact, this is how I seduced Julia Swala. Oh yeah. <laughs> I went to Pizza Express. When you go to Pizza Express on a date, order the Veneziana pizza, which says a, uh, a, a um, discretionary, yes. a discretionary donation of 25p will be made to the Venice in Peril Fund if you do that, right? So you look quite good if you just got that pizza anyway. Look like you care about Venice. But what I do is say, I'd like the Veneziana pizza, but I don't want to give 25p <laughs> to Venice. I think it's their own fault they're sinking, and I don't want to help. I, don't, I, like, I like the pizza. I don't want to help. I, I hate Venice. Two uh, questions. Uh, yeah. Did, was that something they could do? They could well, the first time uh, the, they were very confused and upset and didn't, and didn't give me the money off. Uh, and the second time I did it on another successful date later. It's worked twice. I've only tried it twice. It's, it's, it's two for two. Uh, I, the waiter said, you are correct, it is discretionary. I had a big long argument the first time about what discretionary meant with the waiter. But he said, I can't do it because there's just one, there's no key on the thing. So the second time the waiter came back and said, you are correct, and I've taken 25p out of the tip jar, and here it is. Oh, out of his own tip <laughs> jar! Oh, number two question. Yeah, I gave him a better tip than 25p, so it was all right. And I gave him the 25p back in a tip. Okay, well, on that... My but second... none of the money went to... I probably still did go to Venice, though, didn't it? Fuck them. Oh. 
Oh, fudgicles. <laughs> it had to happen at some point, didn't it? Have you heard that word before? Yeah. Ah, oh, little girl in the front row nodding and smiling. <laughs> I found the sweetest girl in the audience. Earlier today... Uh, does, your, does your daddy sometimes say it early in the morning or when he's driving? When he's driving. No. Does mummy Mom. say it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice one, mummy. Um, earlier today, I asked a little girl what the rudest... Well, the mildest swear word was, because I kicked the table and I went, what did I say, done or dang or something? And I said, have you got another one for me? And she said, B-I-T-C... She said a word that rhymes with witch, guys. Wow. She was like six. Yeah. No That's one knew she was going to go said. there. Really escalated. Um, okay. So my second question about the Pizza Express dating technique. Did it work? Uh, yes, it did. It did. Uh, what, twice. twice. They were impressed. Although, but careful what you wish for, because you know, going out with Julius Swaler was a nightmare. Uh, this, the second time was very nice. Actually, the second one was also not someone. It was a uh, reasonably famous playwright. So I've, I've done. Are very you going to well. drop that name as well? No, I won't do. I, I don't, think they want to know. I don't do you think it's it? fair. I don't think it's fair. Fine. So it was. Um, it was Tennessee Tom Williams. <laughs> 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 Who would be worse today, Tennessee Williams or Tom Stoppard? I don't know. I'd like to. It only took. It took me ages to realise Tennessee Williams was sort of. A pun on someone who plays tennis and is called Williams, which I, you know, suddenly is Tennessee Williams. <laughs> She's uh, Venus or Serena would. Very good. It's a good kind of crossword clue, isn't it? But it just struck, I went to see a Tennessee Williams play and it only struck me it was called Tennessee. Oh, do you think Serena Williams or Venus Williams ever get called that? Yeah, I hope so. T- Tennessee Williams? <laughs> <laughs> you interviewed Adam Buxton at one point. I did. And so I actually at four points. Many he's points. Been, he's, the, he's, the, he's been on the most out of any, any guests. Have you thought about renaming it the Adam Buxton Leicester Square Theatre? I would podcast? love, well, I'd like to. He's a, he does a fantastic podcast of his own uh, called the Adam Buxton yes. Podcast, I believe, which is really good. Is one of my favourite podcasts. And he's a very generous and um, fantastic guest. He comes on with lots of ideas, which is uh, fantastic. But I love him. And a soothing voice. He is. He's good. He's, a, oh. he's a very talented man. If you don't listen to his podcast, please begin. Listen to number in the podcast 100. He's got Joe from the Adam and Joe, Joe Cornish, and Louis Theroux. All three of those were at posh public school together. Yep. But their, uh, their, their, their uh, relationship is so lovable and fantastic. Oh. And there's some brilliant stuff in there. So do listen to that one if you haven't listened I to it. I once called up the Adam and Joe radio show when it used to be on XFM, which is now not even called XFM. And they had a challenge to win some DVDs or something. And off the back of my phone call, they banned me from ever calling XFM again. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was, the challenge, that kid loved it. <laughs> kid, dun, dun, yeah, okay. Um, what happened was, they said, call up with your childish pranks that you play on your loved ones or your, your families, whatever, whatever. Um, and I said, I've got this dumb practical joke I play on my then boyfriend. Um, and I said that, if he ever walks in the room and gives me a compliment, like, oh, that's a lovely dress, Sarah, I pretend to mishear him so that I'll get the compliment twice. So he'll say, Sarah, that's a lovely dress, and I'll say, pardon? He'll go, oh, I said that's a lovely dress. Now, he was a lovely person, but not particularly quick. I don't want to be mean. Sometimes I would get him upwards of five times before yeah. he would realise. He'd be like, I said it's a lovely dress. Pardon? Sorry, speak up. It's a lovely dress! And then he'd pause and go, oh, you're doing that stupid joke again. So it's like not even that funny. But I told Adam and Joe this on the radio, and they were like, oh, yeah, fine, fine. And you could tell from the tone of their voice they were just going to roll on to the next caller and that I probably hadn't won the DVDs. Yeah. But there was a pause, and Adam went, wait, 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 Sarah, just before we go to the next caller, I have to ask you, for you to play that prank repeatedly with such confidence with your boyfriend, you must be actually quite pretty, like to have the confidence <laughs> to pull that off. And I went, sorry? <laughs> I got him three times before they were like, never call again! <laughs> Hooray! Outsmarted him. Banned. So in, in one of the questions, yep. he talks about the ethics of you were speaking about having um, found some money in a, uh, a supermarket like self-serve checkout when you were buying a Twix. Oh, yeah, yeah. The I Twix think I was buying a Twirl, actually, just a to be, just to be very... I'd never buy a Twix because they're a very mediocre chocolate bar. No one likes them, no one hates them, they're mediocre. Well, but Twirls are great, and I bought a Twirl... Yep. Uh, and there was, yeah, I can't quite remember the sum, but I basically got a twirl for either 5p or got 5p and a twirl or something like that because there was money left in the, in the bottom, you know, where the coins come out. People sometimes leave their money. And so you know, is that the universe giving you money or is that theft? Should you try and find the last person to use the thing before you take it or should you hand it in to the authorities? 
Oh, to the authorities. Yeah. Or should you just say, hey, I've got, a, I've got a free twirl. I say keep it. Yeah, me too. That's what I did. Yep. I had a free what? twirl and well, some this, money. This brings me to my question. Um, what's the best thing you've ever found? Random thing. Ooh. I mean, can now I can, only, I can only think of twirls. Now you've put twirls into it's my mind. Uh, I'm not even kidding. This is the serendipity of this. I found 20 quid on the translation platform in New York yesterday. Wow. And yeah, I looked around. There was no one near it. And I also thought, people in New York are rich. It's mine. I did get like we had some like about forty quid blew into my path in Edinburgh when I was, like to get all together when I was uh, when I was a student at, at <gasps> doing my first fringe and that was like an amazing windfall. Also, L- back then, windfall. mate, it must have been worth about four hundred quid. It was, but it's, it was Scottish money, so it didn't. Ah, uh, very hard to use. <laughs> Even in Scotland, they won't accept it. It's tough, man. When you come back from the Edinburgh fringe as a comedian. Honestly, and you, if you live in the South, trying to offload that cash, yeah, man. Yeah, it's hard. Sounds like a humble brag, doesn't it? All that <laughs> cash, all that 40 pounds in total that I have. Um, I find a lot of stuff. I'm very lucky, but I'm always looking. I'm, I'm, like, very superstitious. I'm always looking for lucky pennies, stuff like that. But it does mean I'm looking at the ground and I find a lot of notes blowing into my path, as right. you describe. But then also I think there's strategy sometimes where I'm finding things that maybe it's not ethical. Like, does anyone else on a long-haul flight... Find a really handy British Airways blanket to take home and then use it picnics. <laughs> Anyone else? No? Just you. What's I, the most like unethical thing you've found? <laughs> I mean, I steal quite a lot. Oh, I would never uh, steal. And I, and I have, uh, I've, I have in the past. I, I, well, I, I now I, I still occasionally do it just for the frisson and the chance of being discovered and, and uh, you know going to prison. Uh, but I still pick and mix quite a lot, just for a oh. single pick and mix, because I think pick and mix are too expensive, so I feel they're stealing from us. Do you know why so they're I too expensive? Pe- because I steal them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like people that complain, a friend of our, well, a friend of mine, um, Beck Hill, lovely comedian, yeah. Beck Hill has this whole very hilarious routine about why the heck is cinema popcorn so expensive? I recommend we all bring our own snacks, and she likes to bring shaved ham. <laughs> she eats in movies, gross. Um, but. I did put it to her that that's why popcorn is expensive because we're freaking bringing our own shaved ham. So um, I bet she chose the ham hand. I don't know if I asked her that question. She has been on. Bet she did. Yeah. I want to choose the sunscreen armpit. Can't eat that in a cinema, can you? It's going to be useless in the cinema situation. Is it edible? I wouldn't. I wouldn't, yeah. guys. <laughs> but I feel like there's some altruism in that because in a, on, a, on a heat wave, you could walk around just armpitting people's heads. Yeah, but there's, men, there's, there's only enough for your own personal supply. Oh, it doesn't. So if keep... you give it away, it doesn't keep on forever. No, it's not. Oh, like that. in which case you don't have a sunscreen armpit, and you're it's fine. It's enough for you, for you for the year, but you can't start marketing it. Is what I'm saying. Otherwise, people <laughs> just you've just got a sunscreen factory. You'd put sunscreen manufacturers out of business. I mean, already I was thinking of the sunscreen factory, yeah. and I don't think about. I don't know if you'd want to use someone else's the sunscreen that someone else's body had secreted. Really? I you don't wouldn't. Know. Well, certain people I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Ewan McGregor's. Um, I always thought Owen Wilson, that's my surprising pin-up. Is it? Yeah, but because he's a little bit damaged, is that wrong? What does that say about me? I like, mean, he's still ex- extremely handsome and sexy, Owen Wilson. I mean, he's, you know, he's Hollywood slightly damaged because he's got a bit of a bent nose, but he's a very good-looking... Oh, I meant emotionally. Of, of fancy. <laughs> Not facially. <laughs> okay. That is fine with me. That face is fine. He's a beautiful man. Yep, I mean, he's he definitely good. damaged, uh, yeah. Definitely damaged but inside. I feel like, oh, you know, I can make him hot chicken soup or whatever non-veggies eat. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. This so is why I don't like babies into my gigs usually. Usually, yeah. There are some exceptions. This, this, yeah. Well, this is they're, they're all they're all fine for a bit, and then they suddenly kick off. It's all about them, isn't it? Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? It's what delightful. Think what a off? delightful sound someone else's baby is. When yours is 300 miles away. It's, yeah, you're really straining to show empathy there <laughs> behind that beaming smile. Oh, no, that must really suck for you guys. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Richard, who yeah. was the coolest kid in your school? Who was the coolest kid in my school? Um, by, by the definition of cool at that time. Um, well, because like, the thing that gets me about school and the thing I didn't like as a, at school was I was pretty clever, okay? so I was academically good, and that was not cool. And you couldn't brag about me. If you bragged about being clever, that was looked down upon. But if you were very good at sport, you were allowed to show off, and everyone, and usually the, 
kids who were good at sport were very good looking. So uh, Kevin Jones was a good, oh, was a very good Kevin sportsman Jones. and uh, sort of cute. There was a few Kevins. There's Paul Chick, who I it's, I still occasionally talk to on Facebook, who was a very good sportsman, who still I think has done the best catch in cricket I've ever seen. In Interhouse Blackdown versus uh, oh, Quantock. Oh, it's not on telly. Yeah, but it was literally as good as anything. He leapt high, like almost wow. eight feet in the air, it felt, and, wow. and caught this catch. And I did talk about him on the radio, and I met him again. He was very chuffed about that. Um, so, yeah, sportsmen were good, and I was not, I was not a proficient sportsman. No, not nor- the man you see before you now. It's hard to believe, isn't it, that I wasn't good at sport. I was terrified of balls as a kid. Still terrified. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. All right. Okay. All right, guys. Everybody just call it. I stand by my statement. All sorts of... All of them. I'm afraid of all of them. I was very clumsy. Yeah. I was, like, hurting myself on balls, <laughs> getting hit by balls. Yeah. If I was walking, not even on a, a soccer pitch or a football pitch, whatever, because um, we, we have another type of football in my country, Australian fo- rules football. Um, and do we use our hands? Yes, we do. It's confusing. doesn't matter. Um, different rules, guys. Um, tennis, anywhere. I wouldn't even have to be on the court or near the court. I'd just be walking past it, and that ball would come flying out of the stadium and hit me in the head. Like, I was terrified of them, because if I was... It was always going to hit me in the face. Yeah. Balls, man. Balls. <laughs> very uncoordinated. I was a kid that always had, like, scabby knees. Yeah. Very uncool. But, my, yeah, our school's popular kids, I think it was the same in Australia, sports people, the jocks... Yeah, even more so in Australia, I would think. Very much so. Brad Giles. That was our guy. Brad Giles. So handsome. So, so handsome. Who was the uncoolest kid in your school? Uh, Might have been me. My dad was the headmaster. Oh, that's that's, uh, tough. That might be me. Me, me, me also. Um, Yeah, yeah, probably me. I mean, you know, you think back and people were so incredibly cruel. So there was... You know, there was a there was a fat girl who I still remember her nickname rather than her actual name. Was uh, her nickname Fat Girl? No, it was Blubber was oh. her nickname, but that was her like so her name, which I won't give, was her name with Blubber in the middle of it. Uh, and you know, and that was just it, and said in that certain way, Richard Blubber Herring, it would be, you know, and it's so horrible. Uh, so there's, you know, kids are the, just the cruelest in some I ways. I think so too. And actually, a lot of when I think of our uncoolest kids, one of them went on to be a Rhodes Scholar. She's minted yeah. now. Yeah. Um, hi, Jan. <laughs> um, not going to give her surname because I've just said she was the uncoolest kid in our school. <laughs> and I don't know if she knew that, but Jan, yeah. you're now rocking it. Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? The definition changes. I remember what was, uh, what was cool when we were in primary school was utterly bizarre. I used to really want braces on my teeth. Right. really wanted a broken arm or leg for the plaster cast. Kids, is that still a thing? Who, want, who really wants a broken, like a plaster cast? Yeah, and I can see Anyone's that. Going up? If you don't really think about how it comes about, then it does seem like a cool thing to do. I suppose the thing is, like a lot of the, un, the nerdy and uncool kids will go on to have a lovely life of being, of, of using their intelligence to uh, have, have nice adult lives Whereas I think sometimes, and not always, because some of those sportsmen go on to be amazing sportsmen and then have the most incredible lives. Not but yet. most, it's hard to be a fantastic sportsman. And so a lot of those sportswomen, so a lot of those people just have their school days as literally their best days of their life. Which I, I like being at school. I did love school, but it's, it was not the best time of my life. No, it was, yeah. I think it's tricky for a lot of people. The best of times, the worst of times. Oh, write that down. That's good. Should I put a book with that? Um, <laughs> I think I really wanted braces and I couldn't get them. What was really annoying about that was they decided just... Because I had really big buck teeth, which I was bullied for as a kid. And actually, if you have buck teeth and you're a little kid in the audience right now, don't you worry about it. Because what happened to me might actually happen to you. Um, Someone just, will kick all your teeth in. Yeah, that kick, yeah, and then I just... These are fake teeth. <laughs> no, what happened was they waited a year and in that time my head grew to accommodate the gigantic teeth. Yeah. So what I, was ended, what I ended up with was a fat head and big teeth. <laughs> but you couldn't tell because it was a scale thing. Yeah. Like unless if you like put a 50p, pen, you know, 50p or 50 cent piece next to my head, then yeah. I'd be in trouble. Okay. Yeah. I won't do that. Please don't. To you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so uh, have you 
Have you had any feedback from this that it has ruined dates or it has, you've, have you caused any marriages or broken up any relationships? I don't think there have been many negative. I think sometimes, like, uh, there's some questions you have to be careful about, and I say this at the beginning of the book, you have to think about who your audience is. Uh, and, like, on dates, I've deliberately put some sort of scuppering ones in there, so you have to read them through first. And you can change the nouns and the verbs uh, if you need to, or just skip to the next questions. There's a thousand and one of them in there, so yeah, you, you don't, don't, you don't have to read them all. The date, I was on the Steve Wright show, and I said, just be careful, because some of them are pretty rude, and I can't remember which one he read out, but, and, and they, they can be... They can leap up on you, and the first one he read out was one that was just basically a double entendre that he hadn't spotted. <laughs> so... You've got to read them first and think about them. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they can... The, the interesting thing about the date ones is, yeah, sure, you can... But that's what a date is, and that's what a date's about, about whether, finding whether you're compatible with the other person. So if you're talking about something and you find it funny and they don't, or you ask a stupid question, the good thing is you can say, it wasn't me, it was this guy Richard Herring wrote oh. this, so, you know, it's not my fault. Uh, and so you can, you can get together on that. But it's good to find out whether you are, are sympathetic to each other, isn't it? Whether you're a good match. So it, that's what questions are about. It's about, and I think it's good to talk to people, and, it's, and, it, it's, and I think a lot of us do clam up very easily and can't think of where to go. And if, you, if a question doesn't work, you move on to the next question. If the other person is interested in that question and doesn't have an answer, you go, okay, what about this one? And that's how a conversation works. It's weird that we need help with that, but I think like a lot of us do feel, genuinely feel like very nervous about that sort of thing. So it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't think if you walk, if you go to a date and you've got the book on the table and that's all you're doing is reading the questions, that might be weird. But, I mean, I um, feel like there might be a few people, fans of yours in here, that would be like, no, that would be amazing. What, what a lot, what some, I've had this a few times, people have like got them on cards and put them on the tables at weddings. So that, you know, you've got, like, different people together who don't know each other and they've all got emergency questions to ask each other at weddings to get to know each other. That's so a they're great good, idea. They're good sort of icebreakers in that Have way. Have you so thought about not... packaging them as a card deck to give out at weddings? Yeah, yeah. Well, we could do it. It's nice for people to find. You can use them however you want. If you're an interviewer and you fancy using my questions, you can. If you're on a date, you can use them. There's some job interview ones you can ask as an interviewer at jobs. What's your favourite job interview one? Um, well, I ask some very stupid ones that are delicious. I just, I th- I, if I was do- I've never really interviewed people. I've auditioned people sometimes, but you only get them to read things out in that. But I just like to ask questions that, that will mess people around, I suppose. I think that's what all of them do. Because that's a situation where you've got, as the interviewer, you've got all the power because the other person has to try and answer the question. So. And appear sane and rational yeah. and not, probably not being flippant, I suppose. Where do you see yourself in 500 years' time? I think might be my favourite, <laughs> my favourite of those. Because someone has to, to answer that. We'll go, yeah. oh, I don't. Well, you know, if they say dead, that's pretty unimaginative, you know, so it's... They've got to say, what well, maybe... What kind of dead? Yeah. Ash? So you've got to have a think about it, you know. And then but I you'd think be what... some level of strata. How yeah. deep is the strata by that point, 500 years? No one not, cares, Not Sarah. much, not much. Just spent some time in Iceland and went to a volcano museum. And Did the it? strata section was very interesting. I think those say. strata take quite a long time to form. I think 500 years is probably a, a little bit of dust. It's probably just dust, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you and your friends. Yeah. No offence, your kids. Sorry, <laughs> they're kids. I'm sorry. Everyone's going to die. Um... <laughs> Now, I believe Dave is going to be a roving microphone person. Hi, Dave. Do we have anyone in the audience who has a question for Richard Herring? Um, An emergency question of your own. Although there is a section of your book where you say, don't send me your freaking emergency questions. Kids are really good at them, uh, and adults are really bad at them, I find. Because it's it's about asking some of this... There's something about the imagination of a good one. My daughter's starting to come up with them now, accidentally not knowing what emergency questions are. She asked me, what does a rainbow smell of the other day? Which I think is a, a really good question both to ask, but also to kind of imagine your answers what to. What was your answer? I said sherbet, and in fact someone else said sweet shops. Um, oh. You know, you could say light doesn't smell, you're an idiot. Get Grow up, you're four and a half. It's time good. to grow That's up. That's like saying dead to the 500 yeah. years question. Like. Uh, yeah. Um, what flavour is Iggy Pop? What flavour is Iggy Pop? That's <laughs> a <laughs> It's sort of it's iron brew. I'd have thought, isn't it? Something yeah, there's, some, there's some rust in there at least. I reckon if you lick it, it tastes like salt. Yeah, it's licorice. <laughs> Not saying I wouldn't, guys. <laughs> if given the chance, oh, would you? Would Iggy I lick Pop? Iggy Pop? Yeah. I mean, not just for no reason. If there was, the if story, there was some monetary value in it, I might lick him, lick him for some money or for, if to save his life, I might lick him. <laughs> the context of having to save his life he's just dehydrated so much just some moisture would bring him back in there 
Where would you start? I mean, Iggy Pop might claim he needed to be licked in order to save his <laughs> Do you life. Do reckon that's his could, best pickup line? He could line? trick me now, couldn't he? Richard, I'm dying. You have to lick me my special <laughs> valve. Oh, sorry, my phone, my phone is ringing. What's that? Iggy Pop? <laughs> yeah, I'll pass you. Yeah. Yeah, okay, he might fine. be here, he might be here. Um, yeah, they're good questions. They're good questions. So, uh, comedians can do them, and ad- adults tend to fall back on stuff they've already. A lot of people ask you that kind of horse-sized. Oh, you know that one. There's, 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 I, I can't even remember the proper ones. Would you rather be attacked by, uh, you know, horse size, fifty horse-sized mice or one mice-sized mm. horse or something like that? I think maybe, maybe adults are too um, thought through or self-conscious. So let's see if we've got a young adult or a kid who's come up with a question for Richard Herring. Give us a subtle wave. Who's got and a we're question? Gonna, there's a question there. Oh, here we go. Oh, there. Do you want to walk towards the stage? And Dave is going to give you a mic. Dave, there's a little girl here who's going to come nearer. I All hope right. it's really it's rude. Quest. I hope it's just the filthiest question we've ever had. <laughs> he can take it. You let him have it. I can, uh, anything. It can be as rude Thanks, as you Liz. like. Oh, the if microphone doesn't work. Hello. Now, nice and loud, into the mic. If unicorns were alive, what would your three wishes be? Wow, if unicorns were alive, well, I hope they are alive, because if they're all dead, that would be awful. Thank if you very unicorns much for were alive, what would my three wishes be? It would, my first wish would be that unicorns were alive. And then I would have an infinity wishes because there'd be loads of unicorns. That's the thing. The infinity wish thing is always the, the they trick you with wishes. So my first wish would be, I wish that I had infinity wishes, but also that every wish I make um, is written down properly and you show me what the wish will, what will happen so there can be no tricks and traps in it. I have to sign a piece of paper only when I'm happy that my wish will come true exactly as I want it to do, will I sign the piece of paper and the wish will come true? That is a very important first, probably first and second wish. And then you've got infinity wishes and then you can do what you like. But, you know, if you could wish, is, would, would that be a good life where everything you wanted happened? I'm not sure. Would you... I'm looking at this girl's face would right it, now, trying to work out if she's satisfied If you could have everything without ever having to strive for it. I, I, I sense you want to strive for those... If you can just say, I wish I had a, a magic unicorn, I wish I had, had a fairy palace. These are my wishes, not yours. Back but off. It's like, if I could describe your face, little girl, it is like the diminishing of hope as Richard speaks. It's She's a nice just like, question. please, please say marshmallows, Richard, but you won't, will you? you won't. I would like, um, if I had three wishes from a unicorn, <laughs> please, I Richard. would wish... <laughs> Specifically from a unicorn, though, would they be different for each magical creature? Uh, I would like to. Have... <laughs> Let's do them all. Lock the doors. <laughs> I do do that. My daughter loves uh, loves unicorns, and so I do a story with her where there's, she has a, three wishes a day from a unicorn. So it's very apt that you've come up with this. Um, I would like to have. <laughs> They're all every single one I'm thinking of is rude. You know what the first one is. <laughs> Uh, the second one, I would like £27 million. Pounds. Not greedy. Her smile's come back. Her smile's come uh, back. And uh, my third wish is for the little girl who gave me this wish to have any wish she wants as well. Oh. <laughs> and for it to go wrong and <laughs> haunt her for the rest of her life. Uh, Richard Good question, no, I'll put it in the book. Oh, it's in the next book and you can't do anything about it, can you? What are you going to do? Who's going to believe you versus me? She could use her final <laughs> wish to scupper your book. Um, I have a joke about a unicorn. You want to hear it? Yeah, please do. Uh, Richard Herring, where does a magical unicorn keep its tax receipts? I don't know. With its accountant. That's good. That's good. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> All right, we have another question. Oh, all right, you have to walk nearer the stage or turn the... Oh, yeah, yeah, you've got a mic, but... Oh, I've got a mic. You brought your own mic. Point it at your mouth. (laughs) What do clouds taste like? What do clouds taste like? I think, again, we're back into... Well, what do clouds taste like? It depends whether they're fluffy or whether they're grey. The grey clouds above us today, and I bet they taste of... uh, Sort of that... When you get electricity in your mouth, that's what I think a grey cloud tastes of. You get that kind of... When you get, like, a chew on a battery... Yeah, uh, oh yeah, all those times. But I a do fluffy yep. cloud, I mean, that's got a taste. Fairy floss, candy floss. I mean, you know, you, that's, you'd think so. Maybe cotton wool, which wouldn't be nice. Have you ever put cotton wool in your mouth and chewed it? 
Don't do it. Don't it's not do nice. it. Don't, there's so many qualifiers. But you can put it in the cheeks. Right? And you can pretend to be Marlon Brando, which I'm sure you would love to get that reference. <laughs> All those references. <laughs> I did a show where I said that I had loads of... I joked that I... Oh, I had so many costume changes on stage today. I was like, Rod Stewart. And the audience were like, I don't know what that is. And yeah. then so, I asked someone in the audience to give me a more relevant example. And they said, Beyonce would yeah. be a good costume change example. Got to keep it fresh, guys. Got to yeah. keep it fresh. Now, Lizzo, would we say Lizzo? Probably we would. Um, all right, more questions, please. They don't have to be about smells or tastes. They don't have to be anything. Here we go. There's lots of children now getting excited. Something different. Something right out. It can be stupid. You it can, can be yeah, rude. Yeah, you can come with anything. It, it can, can be, be from a parent. Cheeky. All right, nice and loud. Into the mic. If, if... If you could have a sweet shop right. and you could only have one kind of sweet, a, what a, kind of sweet would you put it'd in? Te- it'd be a terrible sweet shop, wouldn't it? <laughs> Though having said that, M&M World, you're not as stupid as you look. Oh, so, yeah. um, um, If I could have a sweet shop with only one sweet, but I'm, you know, I, it, what are you saying? Am I selling the cheap sweets to someone else? Because then it would be Twixes. I don't want them. Uh, <laughs> I would. I, would, I would like. I like aniseed balls. If I, if I'm actually <laughs> honest with you, I would have a shit. I'd have a, a sweet shop <laughs> full of aniseed balls. Um, aniseed what? Aniseed balls. Aniseed what? Yeah, balls. Yep. There we go. Thank you. Good. Um, I feel like this. This boy has asked his question because he wants to have it asked of him. Yeah. Have you got? Have you got a question? What's have you got an answer yourself? What's your one one sweet? If you had your sweet shop, and you have to guess, you have to choose. I'd have fudge. 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 Mm. Yeah, well, that's quite a good choice because there are fudge sweet shops that only sell fudge as well, aren't there? You're, kind of, you're, not, you're not as stupid as you look, mate. That's the thing. Richard's not saying you look stupid. I am. I'm saying you look really stupid, <laughs> but you're, you're, you're slightly more intelligent than you look. Um, fudge is a good choice. Because also, fudge is good. on a loophole, you could probably get all the flavours of fudge because yeah. it's just still fudge. It is. It's, it? a, it's a genius. What's the best chocolate bar, Richard Herring? Um, I stopped eating chocolate because I like it so much. Do you remember Crunchies though? Mm, Crunchies. Mm, how yeah. good are they? Well, they're not. There's not that much chocolate in them. They're all right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I like. I got. I got because we've got children. I got so into giant Cadbury's buttons that my, they would be in the house as a reward for going to the potty for me, and um, and I just would eat the whole. But you know, you get those family bags, and then you get the double family bags. And I go, oh, I just have three or four. I can control myself. No. Six <laughs> weeks later. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like literally so far. So I had to stop eating chocolate. But when I was, when I was a kid, I, gen- being a, I wanted to own a sweet shop was my dream job. Sweet. So I, get, I completely get that. Because you could have free sweets whenever you wanted, right? Do yeah. we have any parents' questions? Any adults got a question for Richard? Let's Perry. see if any adults can beat these mainly smell and sweets-based questions. Like but, a moral quandary is always a good one. What do we got, guys? Yes. All right, here we go. Here we go. It's uh, are you a oh, are you a dad or an uncle or just sitting amongst loads <laughs> or just of kids? a weird man? Yeah, <laughs> surrounded by kids. Weird. So I like it. Come and see some comedy, new friends. <laughs> I don't know why I bestowed you with this Aussie accent. Is it your dad? Your dad. So let's see if he's as good as his son at coming up. With. He's also. Let's describe the situation. He's wearing a rain jacket and neon wristbands, like raver, yeah. raver ones. Yeah, I think I he might be off his nut. Let's Emily find out. Emily really wanted to ask you a question. Emily. Oh, hang on. Why do you exist? Why do we exist? <laughs> oh, why do you exist? Richard? Why do I exist? <laughs> oh, that's a beauty. Um, well, when a man and a woman love each other very much. And you should give him the real answer because he had the gall to let his kid ask that. Yeah. So I say, let's ruin his kid. What I'm happens sure when know. a man and woman? But it's a very interesting question. The chances of our existence are so tiny when you think about it. Why do I still exist? Well, that's a different question. Wow. Just healthy living, looking after myself. But, you know, the chances are very small. Uh, there's, uh, even if we got into the biological chances of you being here and being the one that made it through uh that's 600 million to one right there we're looking at your dad maybe 50 million to one (laughs) but that's still very impossible odds and he had to be 50 million to one and 600 million to one everyone has to meet at the exact time and the chance of the human race being here is down to just chance so yeah it's incredible when you think what the chances of being here are so tiny 
that you know, I, I, I'm not sure we do exist. I think we might just be characters in a computer game. Or brain in a vat being yeah. probed. Sure, so sure. I'm not sure we're really here. When you think about it, it's so unlikely we're here that we probably aren't here. Enjoy your festival. But, I mean, why would, why would someone put this in a computer game? Like, I think that at mundane times, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're just like waiting for a train or whatever. Yeah. You're like, really? Really? This I mean, we could just be background characters in something really exciting is happening just outside the tent. I mean, that's it. Like, <laughs> they said that arrogant people imagine... We're just some filler imagine... in case Lara Croft walks in their backs and goes, oh, no, I don't want to come in here. Um, yeah, what if like, you're not even the star of the movie that is your life? Yeah. What if you're like an extra in someone well, else's if, movie? You know, if people realised that, the world would be a much better place. Because we all anarchy. think the world revolves around us and it does not revolve around us. We're not very important. Although right now it kind of looks and like it, Richard. You're surrounded life. by 500 people. Yeah, no, I am important. It's great to be in your orbit right <laughs> the, the now, Richard. The rest of you. And believe me, I'm about to drive home to look after my two children while my wife's away and you'll see how important I am. Then. Yep, yep. Um, what about the podcast? Where does it go to next? Well, um, hopefully onwards and upwards. It's, it's, I'm touring it around the UK when I'm doing the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, 21 podcasts in 24 days or something, second to the 25th. They'll all go out on the day for free if you look for Rahela Stepa. Uh, if you haven't got it already. There's about 200 of them already, so you can go and catch up on some of the old ones and see what you like. There's something for everyone's taste, I think, in there. Could They're a little bit rude for the kids. I wouldn't give them to the no. kids. Uh, and then I'm off on tour around the UK throughout the autumn. If you go to richchain.com, you can find out all about that. And I'm kind of hoping we can sort of do well enough out of it to start making other things as well. So I've, I've, I've done quite a lot of things on the internet, sketch shows, and uh, I've done a stone-clearing podcast, which I thoroughly recommend to everyone, and a, a podcast where I play myself at snooker, which I thoroughly recommend to everyone. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I'm try- I want to do some sort of slightly more elaborate things like sitcoms on the internet and that sort of thing as the well. The internet? So, what yeah. is this? Well, it's a new thing that's just come out. Yeah, people should really harness that. For yeah, it's, they can email people. It's amazing. Email, yeah, electronic it's mail. It's like a letter, but uh, don't need a postman. No. Um, that was the question that Steve Wright asked. Would you rather be the postman or the letterbox? That was the one. So uh, <laughs> that was, I knew it would come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, it's a great philosophical question, isn't it? I know. Did he twig? Not or did really. His production, no, did. did his studio team twig? And they then talked about knew. it for quite a long time. Right, I see, I see. Or as I went, yeah, um, yeah no. I think my mum is a lot like this. Yeah. She's like a charming, lovely, relatively liberal Catholic lady. But she yeah. says stuff where you're like, oh, come on! <laughs> you must know. We were at Christmas dinner, and Australians, even though it's really hot during Christmas, we're two-thirds Christian slash Catholic countries. So we still try and be traditional, have the roast, have the hot pudding, all that stuff. And my mum was pouring custard on her pudding and missed and got some on her trousers, but we don't call trousers trousers in Australia. What do we call them? Pants, pants exactly. So my mum said, ah, oh, now I've custarded me pants. <laughs> and I laughed, cried for about a week. My sister still says it, custarded me pants. Also, what kind of verb is custarded? Anyway, <laughs> lovely lady. Very nice. Very um, nice. Well, Richard Herring, we're looking forward to the paperback addiction. Paperback, you can still get this. GoFasterStrike.com. Two, the two other versions are still uh, available from GoFasterStrike.com. Uh, it's uh, here. here. It's here. Oh, they have got copies to sign. Richard, do you have a tiny window to sign I these can, over I've got here? a very tiny window. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be the postman. And I'm going to post How my pen through there. How many copies have you got, guys? Like, She's yeah. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Three copies. Three copies. How much? Oh, there's loads there. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm very happy to come and sign those if anyone wants to buy one, or just stand sad, sadly behind the table while Do you have everyone enough sharpies, guys. Me. I've got a sharpie, and he's not afraid to use it. Oh no, that's in your letterbox. Okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, any final questions for the amazing Richard Herring? Oh, that we do have another <laughs> yeah. one. Oh, oh, I think this dad here. But is it a serious question now? Okay. Like, okay. Oh, oh, Dave's going <laughs> to make topical. it to you. Here we go. We have a question from a dad in the audience up the back. Better not be facetious. It better not be the topical one I came up about the, uh, ice, no, it's the, not. the ice lollies. <laughs> it was, would, do you prefer to have deer's antlers forever as a penance or live in a shed forever Oh, as a very good. But I prefer to have deer's, deer's antlers forever or live in a shed. <laughs> I mean, definitely not both at the same time. Because I wouldn't be able to get out of the shed. 
So it would definitely be a choice. I think I'd uh, probably live in a shed uh, due to the inconvenience of having deer's antlers. Although, yeah, but now you could, I could take, on an, could take on Paul Chick, couldn't I? Even though he's tougher than me. He wouldn't, I'd, be, I'd be the hardest man in the country. I think with the shed, you yeah. could have a nice shed. He didn't yeah. stipulate. And also, what's the postcode of the shed? If it's Chelsea, yeah. that's yeah. a freaking sweet life. I would like a shed. So I'd go, I'm going to go for the shed. That was an excellent question. Thank you, it was. For and a, what a for question a to end on. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll go over there. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time for the amazing Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Sarah Bonetto. Thank you. You have been listening to Sarah Bonetto's Deer Shed Festival podcast, Sabadufsafer, with Sarah Bonetto and me, Richard Herring. Thank you to Pest for playing this beautiful, beautiful music. Thank you to everyone at the Deer Shed Theatre, especially to Dave, uh, the uh, guy who recorded this. He was a good guy. His name... No, I've only got Dave, but he's a, he was a nice bloke. I know everyone backstage, and uh, Chris Evans, not that one, and everyone who knows me. There is no producer for this podcast. I mean, Chris Evans, not that one, maybe. He's putting it together for me. Uh, I'm indebted to Ben Walker in any case, as you know. This is a Fuzz Go Faster Stripe and Sky Potato production. Goodbye. Go to rehearsedbird.co.uk for more information on this wonderful podcast. Go to gofasterstripe.com to buy that brilliant book. <laughs>